Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast with me as your host, Carrie Jordan Barrett. This is a podcast devoted to incorporating ancient ways into our contemporary lives and enlivening the physical world with spirit. I hope that this episode will enable you to open a portal to remembering your unique ancient wisdom. It is my honor to hold this place together and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Before we begin, I like to make a prayer and call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Welcome to this episode of the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm Carrie Jordan, and today I am sharing my interview with Yellow Robe, a.k.a. Tom Mann. Yellow Robe is a really special person to me. I met Yellow Robe through Sweet Medicine, who's also been on my podcast several times. He hosts sweat lodges in his backyard in Oregon. And so I've been to his sweat lodge many times and sat in ceremony with him many times. And I really appreciate his, what I experience as his deeply grounded, calm nature. He's an elder in the Four Winds Foundation community which is part of Sweet Medicine's community. Sweet Medicine and Yellow Robe and his partners in Kala are the elders who hold the Four Winds Foundation along with several other people. And it's a really special organization. You can visit fwfoundation.org to learn more about it and see what kind of events they hold. Yellow Rub is also a very talented artist. His home is full of these striking images of Native American scenes, historical scenes that, and we talk about it in the interview, but they come out of his imagination basically. And you can see Yellow Robe in all of the paintings. They're gorgeous and craft his his art has been honed so well it's very realistic his paintings are very realistic painterly and at once painterly and almost looking like a photograph just thinking of him I just feel very calm and at rest he has a very calming presence in my experience and I just want you to be able to sit at his feet as we do with our elders and listen to him share his stories and his wisdom and his philosophies. It's really an honor for me to share this interview because I really admire this man. I really admire his devotion to his path and um, his devotion to his way and the Red Road. So here is my interview with Yellow Robe. I hope that you enjoy it. Good morning, Yellow Robe. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a beautiful day today here. The sun's out and I'm feeling really, really good. So, and it's good to see you too. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to see you. You look the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see where to begin. I'd love to, if you could just introduce yourself and share a little bit of your story and how you got where you are today. Well, um, basically born in, in Minnesota and, um, you know, my family, we moved around a bit for my dad's work and spent most of my teenage years in Sacramento area. And, um, then, um, when, it, when I was old enough and, and the thing was, uh, my teenage years was basically back in the late 60s and 70s. And so the interesting thing was, was San Francisco and the whole peace movement was just down the road. And, you know, Sacramento was a part of that, too. And um, so it was a pretty big inspiration for me to look beyond just the, the mold of, uh, you know, contemporary society and to see that there was options. And um, I also found that what was happening, even with the peace movement, wasn't sustainable. And there was, of course, a lot of drugs and rock and roll and um, actions of, uh, you know, that, that weren't very healthy for people too. And so, I just remember being really depressed as late teens into my 20s. And when I started going to college, I, I just felt like um, this is not how I wanted to live. You know, I didn't want to live as uh, my family, my parents, how they lived. And, but I also didn't want to just live the, the free and easy peace movement, and drugs and rock and roll and all this other stuff. And um, that, so I started looking and <clears throat> in college I got into psychology and then uh, also got into meditation, which I still practice today. Uh, it's, it's really fundamental core for me um, just to really tune inside. And um, then, you know, of course I just kept exploring, got into the arts and uh, really, really love painting and, and drawing and um, <clears throat> exploring in that way too. And um, so that was been the start of my life. And with the meditation, uh, I met a teacher, uh, <clears throat> his name's Prempal Singh Rawat, and we called him Raji. And I lived in a couple of his ashrams where I met Zinkala, my wife, and um, <clears throat> also got involved in different, um, like um, self-help, loving relationships. You know, it's, my, my life has just been a lot of that, exploring. Uh, then I did meet a native teacher. We, we were living in Florida at this time and met a, uh, another teacher, uh, Harley Swiftier, uh, who 
is um, Cherokee, um, <laughs> but he also teaches Yaqui, the, the Yaqui way of. And so I studied with him for a while, and uh, but I never felt that comfortable with with him. Um, he's pretty pretty rough, <laughs> as a lot of a lot of the elders can be. Um, but um, then Zincala wanted to uh, go to naturopathic school, so we moved. There was only at that time a couple colleges in in the country. And so we moved out here for her to go to naturopathic school in 1991. And shortly after that is where we heard about a community, uh, Lakota community here in Portland, Oregon, or near Portland, Oregon. And that was with uh, Good Horse and Sweet Medicine Nation. And uh, so for about five years, um, Good Horse was my teacher, um, and um, so we, I don't know, you know, at first it was just experimenting and seeing how this fit for me, but I, I was just like um, a duck in water. It, was, it, it just felt so, so good to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of my other practices especially like even meditation and stuff, it felt more, it, you know, it was very spiritual, but um, I didn't feel like emotionally I was connected. So when I would do emotion, emotional work, like through different um, groups, that would help. But then when I came into the red road, uh, I just felt like I disconnected to the earth. And mm. then, then I felt like my whole, um, energy just became so much more solid. So uh, it's fundamental for me just to be on the earth, um, you know, go do some sweats, <laughs> mm -hmm. pray a lot, uh, but then also to listen to what spirit can, can tell me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing you say that when you came onto the red road, you started to connect emotionally with your spirituality and you, I'm getting a vision of like almost a channel of light through you from the sky to the earth as you right. connected in more yeah. with the earth. I think, I think that's really what it is because I, I think, Beforehand, I felt like it was up here, up in my head so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, trying to, um, you know, go beyond or trying to, but not really feeling that anchor. Um, you know, it's like, how can I <clears throat> have that, uh, that core or how can I have that foundation in my life? and you know and and explore and, and feel just all that that there is yeah exploring all that there is mm -hmm. i really i like hearing about your early um your early spiritual journey and 
now when I see you in the role that you're in as an elder, it's, you, you seem so embodied to me and so wise. Mm. Um, and actually the other day, Sweet Medicine was saying something to me like that yellow robe just realized that he was an elder. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I, the first time I, I was a sun dancer and I think, I don't know, well, I had sun danced um, 14 years and uh, the, um, you know, we had, a, a, this was before the dance and the, all the people were brought into like a big circle. And so the elder at that dance, um, Larry Redleaf um, from Rosebud, was there really such, I, he has passed over now, but I mean, I just, just loved him to death. He was just such a good soul. Mm. And, um, you know, when we'd have questions about our dance, he would just say, well, back home, this is how we do it. And because he would just know from, being involved with the ceremonies for um, all the years. And, and he was a uh, Sundance chief back there that, that he knew. Mm -hmm. And so he started talking about someone and how he, he knew this guy. And then as he spoke and spoke, I realized, oh my God, he's talking about me. <laughs> and so he brought me up and, um, and, um, you know, uh, you know, wrapped a, a blanket around me and called me an elder, him and Sam Buffalo, <clears throat> past Buffalo horse. And I was kind of like, really? I'm an elder? <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, I'm just me. I'm just me. I've always been that. And yeah, the body's gotten older, but um, I, you know, I feel like there's no age to my spirit you know my spirit is just it, it's here and it's present and you know i feel i feel really blessed to have lived this long and and to still have a lot of energy and vitality and and good health so yeah yeah i'm glad you're still here too <laughs> and for many many more years yes um i i just had a question but this happens to me sometimes when with my baby brain that it, they escape me so give me a second and i'll come oh. back oh here it is so um i've heard you talk a lot about um, what it was like um, years ago at Vision Quest Camp or at the Sundance and how it's different now than it was then. Um, and maybe that's in terms of people's commitment or it's different in terms of the setup um, or where we hold Vision Quest Camp or um, things like that. Are, are you following what I'm saying? 
Well, yeah, I, I think for me, it was more just our community back in the, in the early 90s and stuff was, was really active. We would come together every week. Um, we'd have a, um, a teaching one week, and then the next week we'd usually have a lodge. And basically, we would be in lodges, um, you know, <clears throat> probably about once a week or so, because we'd have open lodges on the weekend, and then we'd have classes in our uh, class lodge <clears throat> during, during the week. And uh, then there was other, you know, the other ceremonies would come up. Humbleche was, was a huge thing. And usually our pledges, we'd have a lot of pledges. Well, you know, in the teens, usually, something like that. Which You'd have the, people pledging people that to do a vision quest as teenagers? Well, no, we did have some of those. But, I mean, we'd have maybe, um, like one year, I think we had like 17 people go up on the mountain. Oh, and plus okay. all the support camp. So our, our camps were, were pretty big. Um, and um, it, I, I think it was just just the focus of all the people coming together. What was more so felt a lot more support like that. And that, you know, things change every year is so different. And um, so we'll see what's happening. And, you know, and you know how we would like learn the the about the lodges and about the songs. Songs are so important. Mm -hmm. Would be mostly by being in the lodges, and you know the classes would help too. Mm -hmm. um, but we weren't allowed to learn from um, video or from tapes. You know, back then it was cassette tapes. And then, or, mm -hmm. and, and they were around, you know, not like now. Now you can Google just, you know, if you want to learn calling songs, you can probably Google whatever you want. And, but then we'd also learn the teachings behind them too. And so it was a slower way to learn. But it, to me, it, it just, you know, it, it's in there. It's really it's integrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were, you said how songs are really important. Can you share, for those who don't know, why are songs so important? Well, it's, it's really, the songs are prayers. And most of the songs are, at least the Lakota songs that I know, they're, they're fairly simple. And um, it, it could just be, you know, creator, here I am you know, look at me, or um, I'm praying. And that, you know, that, that would be the translation of the song. Mm. Not like it, but the, the primal feel of the song is that, you know, you feel it. You, it goes to your bone. It goes to mm -hmm. your bone. You just, um, you know, you feel that, that, that calling out. It's not uh, a bunch of words or a bunch of ideas and they're generational they've been passed down um i i don't know where i mean we we trace our lineage you know from my teachers of good horse and sweet medicine back to uh martin high bear 
and Brave Buffalo, and then back to Fullscrow, and who brought a lot of the, the ceremonies back out. And so, and before Fullscrow, and during that time, this is back in the 70s, um, it was illegal to do many of these things, to be in sweats and to practice these ways. And um, so, <clears throat> That's uh, it's something to really think about. It's not that long ago. It's in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, I feel really heavy when I think of that because it's it's basically it's religious freedom and so much oppression has occurred um, around indigenous people and indigenous traditions and we're so lucky that people like fool's crow had the courage to bring these bring these songs and ceremonies back um yeah well even, even though it might have been dangerous <clears throat> yeah even uh like martin highbear he, he would talk too about that you know, it's a, we're a rainbow nation, you know, we're, we need all the, the nations to come together. And that's where we'll have peace. The sitting bowl would say the same thing. And, um, you know, with the black, the red, the white, and the yellow nations, uh, which is the colors of our four directions for all, you know, to all be together and pray. Not necessarily that we pray as, um, you know, the same religion or the same beliefs, but we all have the same heart and we all have the same blood. And um, so that's what's needed. And we should certainly are seeing that now with, with so much strife everywhere and the coronavirus and all this other stuff going on. So it has to do so much with just opening the heart. Opening the heart, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that is what the Red Road is all about. Yeah. Well, we still have our egos and we still have our minds to deal with. But as, you know, that being, well, the, yeah, just being with the earth really helps that heart. It really does. Mm -hmm. We're seeing on our property here, we have a lot of times we'll see deer, but the last two days we've seen, you know, a, kind of a, sh a small uh, mommy deer with two really, really small baby fawns with all the spots. And they're probably only like maybe knee high on me. They're just so cute. So, you know, what grandmother earth knows what she's doing and knows the life. And as much as we, think that we're so smart as people it's like we have so much to learn mm -hmm. yeah you were speaking about listening earlier i think i'm forgetting what the context was but that's what's coming up for me now is um for me meditation is about listening yeah. and listening what's coming from within and my over soul higher self and then mother earth and what is spirit saying 
So, um, yeah, what is she wanting for us to do and be and bring forward in these times? That's what I like to ask. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to go back a little bit was one of the experiences I, I've had on my walk is um, a vision that I had during the Hableche or vision quest. And um, in that, well, usually, I mean, people kind of romanticize what a vision is. Um, but it's not easy. And usually for myself, I've, I have these experiences when I'm really, really down on the ground. And with the vision quest, you know, we're basically fasting for four days and four nights. And usually the first day, you know, everything, I'm doing okay. You know, I got my songs, I'm saying the prayers, I'm holding the pipe or the chinupa, and everything's cool. And then the second day, it's kind of like, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And by the third day, I'm kind of, a lot of times I'm just like, this is not happening. I don't know. You know, I've done everything and I don't know if I can make it. And in, in one of those, um, I remember it pretty clearly that just being on the ground, just kind of feeling like it's just not happening. And um, then I heard a voice and it just said, you know, stand up and face the east. And so I stood up and there was a man on, on a spotted horse with yellow paint across his, his eyes. And so we talked a, a lot about, or you know, it wasn't like verbal, it was in, in my mind, but I mean, it was, it was solid, it was real. And, you know, he talked a lot about the, the chaos of this world and what's, what's happening. And, you know, he would talk about the great chaos. Uh, we hear that too now. <clears throat> I mean, we're experiencing that a lot now too. Mm -hmm. But when this was happening, I was just so, it's just kind of like, you know, just the windows were open. You know, I was just like feeling just this ecstasy. And he's talking about the great chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we did talk about some personal things. And, you know, he asked me about different things. But then he ended and he just told me, you know, that spirit is always there. All we need to do is listen. And that, <clears throat> so that kind of confirms, you know, just the power of, you know, you could call it meditation. Um, but, you know, in some ways I like to say that, you know, we ask the questions and if we just keep asking, 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 we're not listening to get the answer. And inside of us are the answers. You know, spirit will show us some way. And sometimes spirit shows us in signs that happen around us. Or it's amazing that people will just walk, come into our life and show us different things. Um, you know, there's like a synchronicity that happens um, when there is that, that thirst or that call out to spirit. And 
that that to me is the question you know is that call to spirit and that reliance on that spirit will will show us what we need to know and that reliance is there has to be trust that spirit will deliver the answer if you do listen because i think part of the asking 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 that you're talking about is a lack of trust like i keep asking because i'm not trusting that the answer will be delivered yeah it's true quick interruption this episode of the res collective podcast is brought to you by and sponsored by the life design planner the life design planner is a planner that supports you in accessing your ancient wisdom and following your soul's purpose i've been selling this planner for the past five years i created it for myself and it's now become a co-creation with our community Soulpreneurs, professionals, parents, wise ones, and anyone who has a long to-do list loves this life-changing planner. You can order your planner at therisecollective.org slash planner. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, I, I remember too, I mean, a huge thing on trust. Well, I mean, it's a little thing on trust, but it was huge. And some of you know Eric Gonzalez. And... Uh, beautiful Mayan elder and teacher and um, so we were down on his property and we went down there was a ceremony coming up and so we went down as, as a work party to mostly just chop firewood and you know cut down um, firewood for the different fires and prepare the grounds a little bit and so set up a tent and Everything was good, but then at, by the end of the, the work party, like, I don't know, maybe it was three days or something, um, the event wasn't going to start for a few weeks. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I never leave my tent, you know, my tent, my gear. I just, I would always just pack it up and then reset it when I come back. And so I was kind of just asking, well, should I leave it? I was just asking inside, a very, very simple thing should I leave it or should I go and while I was kind of thinking about that I heard the word trust it was just a simple word trust and I was like okay I guess I'm leaving it this is not like me <laughs> I don't leave my stuff around mm -hmm. I've been in construction most of my life and you don't leave your tools laying around you pack them up and put them away at night mm -hmm. and so I just went, okay, we'll see what happens. And then, so that kind of opened the door for that, that word a lot. And especially at that point, I didn't know Eric very well. Um, but that word kept coming back, just to trust, to trust that, that experience and uh, where spirit has to, has to take me. Mm -hmm. And then, but if I don't feel that trust, then honor that too. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a conversation. Um, that was a big part of vision quest for me was, you know, all these fears running through my mind, my monkey mind of, am I going to be eaten by a mountain lion? Am I gonna get bitten by a snake? Or um, am I gonna 
survive for four days and four nights without food and water. And it's like it, that whole experience deepened my relationship with spirit in such a profound way for me because it was all about trust, trusting in being protected, trusting in the messages that come through and trusting um, that all of the, the supplies needed for a vision quest would be delivered. And they all were. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so that's my, my additional two cents on trust, yeah. trusting spirit. <laughs> And, um, well, there's also maybe that brings up just the thing of fear, too, because that is huge. And, um, when I was, I think in my early 20s, um, I used to backpack by myself a lot, uh, in the Sierras. And, um, I remember the first few times of going up, you know at night, it would just be, it'd be a little freaky, you know, because you'd hear all these sounds. And um, so I'd build a big fire, you know, and stay up fairly late and then finally fall asleep at some point. And then after doing that a few nights, I started, the fire started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I found that I w after, you know, because backpacking, you don't want to be carrying a bunch of stuff or making big camps. And then if you build a fire, then you got to make sure it's taken care of and put out and stuff. So after a while, I'd only make a fire when I needed to cook. And, you know, I realized that, you know, the sounds are still out there in, in nature, but I realized that the only thing that <clears throat> with the fear I mean, anything could happen, but the fear was really between my own two ears. You know, it wasn't out there, but it was in here. Um, mm -hmm. So often, um, you know, we feel um, depressed or we feel um, at unease or fear or anger. You know, it's not the other person. It's not the events. You know, it's, it's our stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you only need small fires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think also often when we um, believe those fears, there's like an act of creation out in the world when we're believing um, the fears. Yeah in our brain it's like that's when when we're all buying into those fears then we're co-creating something that we don't want right i mean there is a place for fear you know and the the adrenaline adrenaline response to like actually being in danger i mean it, it you know there is a place for that but um when we live that way day after day, hour after hour, you know, it does intensify and, and it creates more fear. And 
we're really seeing that right now with uh, you know riots that are are happening. You know, it started off with one event in Minnesota, and it's really, really super unfortunate. Um, but then, you know, that just unleashed all the anger and fear of that, or at least a lot of the anger and fear that's around that event. And, um, and now it's just exploding. So, but, you know, it's not going to resolve itself that way. Hmm. Yeah, there's a discernment around which fears are legitimate and um, threatening survival, like actual survival, and which fears are in just of the mind, like the noises in the woods. Right. Yeah. So, and you sh you told me that you wanted to share some of your. Well, just a few stories from my walk. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear I've already heard a few, but, um, it, you know, there, there was a time I mentioned that when I first came to Oregon here and met uh, my teacher, Good Horse and Sweet Medicine, that uh, <clears throat> we would sit a lot in circle and for, for teachings and for, you know, learn the songs and, um, you know, we'd have prayers and sharings and it was really, really beautiful. But everyone would be talking about Wakantanka and, you know, I'd hear Wakantanka this, Wakantanka that. And after, you know, a while I just said, I asked Good Horse one night, I said, well, so what is Wakantanka? You know, what is it? You know, what is, and um, translates basically to great spirit. And so he got all excited. And, you know, because I told him, well, I hear everybody using this word. And so what, what, and so he got all excited and he started telling story after story. And, uh, you know, for probably a good half hour. But at the end of the half hour, I just felt like, well, it didn't really answer my question. Because, <laughs> you know, what is, what is great spirit? What is the creator? And so I just remember shortly after that going into a lodge, a sweat lodge, and I, I prayed about that. You know, I prayed, well, so what is, what is this great spirit? What, what is that? What is Wakantanka? And in that lodge, I saw this, this circle of white light. And it was just beautiful. And then I felt like I knew. And so I, I'm not really here to tell people that Wakantanka, a great spirit, or anything is this circle of light. But it was an experience for myself. And so my, what I like to tell people is that, you know, especially questions, I could, we can talk about this, you know, we can talk about the creator and share our stories and, um, but really ask for yourself. This is what I tell people, you know, that if you really want to know what great spirit is, what Wakantanka, what the creator is, you know, you pray about that, you ask. And then as we spoke earlier, you also listen. <laughs> it's a requirement. Sit on the ground, you know, Go talk to the trees, whatever it takes, you know, how you feel moved, 
um, I like to call it the nudges of spirit. You know, you just, you feel how spirit wants to move you or how you want to move. And um, it can save your life. Um, I also wanted to share too on my first vision quest. And as we spoke earlier, you know, the vision quest, or it's, 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 it's hard. It's a hard way to pray. And, you know, so you really want to feel called to go up there. But, uh, so I remember my first year I went up and it was really beautiful. It was kind of a little grassy area um, on the cliffs up on near here is Green Ridge. And so it kind of drops off pretty quickly. And then there was some cliffs behind me too. And then there was a few other people that were up on the hill at the same time. And so I would hear some songs. Back then I didn't really know the songs very well. And so it was hard. And I, part of my reason to go up there too was I was, was thinking about sun dancing. And... <clears throat> Because uh, our community, there was a few other Sundancers, and I, I, I was just feeling that that urge, that that call to do that. So, part of my reason to do the vision quest was to really look at that. And by the end of that vision quest, I went, "No, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing Sundance. One vision quest, that's enough for anybody. You know, you got to be crazy to." to go, to do anything, you know, to go beyond that. It's, it's hard. And so, you know, up here in my mind, that was it, you know, I'm done. And so, you know, we went back to camp and they started breaking up the camp and taking down the little kitchen area and, and the fire was out, the lodge had been uh, taken down and, and burnt and put away. And, Everybody was leaving camp and, you know, they really within, I don't know, maybe two or three hours, the camp was completely barren. Everybody was gone. And it was just me and Zincala. And left in camp because I was thinking that I just, I didn't want to move yet. I wanted to just stay and just, just be there. It was just too soon. You know, we came back off the mountain. All of a sudden, everybody, boom, gone. <laughs> and, but I went and stood on the, you know, where the fire had been, what we call the spirit trail, and where, and where the lodge had been. I stood, you know, we create a spirit trail from the fire to the lodge, and I stood there. And as I stood there, this, <clears throat> I was just looking up, this red-tailed hawk just goes, just swoops right in front of me like that. And I knew I was going to sun dance. From the, the core of my being, I knew I was going to do that. And it scared the crap out of me. So <clears throat> this thing up here, who knows? You know, it's going to lead us around. But, um, you know, they're, they're on that deeper level, it's, it can be a surprise. And the Sundance, <clears throat> for me, it's, it's really been 
I, I mean, it's not easy. It's really difficult. Big always. Um, but it's been such an incredible teacher too. So many experiences. And from, it was, I, I think in one of my first Sundances, I, um, this was in, in Utah um, in, I'm not sure if it was July or August, but it was over 100 degrees every day. It was, it was crispy fried and um, basically the Sundance, there's a, you, you have a, there's a tree in the center and basically a, um, what we call an arbor or a circle around the tree and the dancers are in that inner circle and then there are helpers and um, supporters outside there on the outside of that circle with the drum. The drum keeps going. And I just remember being out there and it was so hot and, you know, just like, just that, the heat just, just takes all your energy out. And I remember just dancing there and just going, well, I could walk out of here right now. <clears throat> it really doesn't matter, you know. And I started thinking like that. And, uh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm free. I could just walk right out of here. And as I danced like that, I just felt like, well, I'm free. I can just do whatever I want. You know, nothing, nobody. Um, but as I danced that way, I felt really, really empty. I felt like my life had no meaning, <clears throat> that I could just go do whatever I want, um, but my life would have no meaning. And then as I kept dancing there, just the thought came to me was, well, what if everything I do matters? You know, what if every time I raise my arms up, I'm putting energy out there into this world? You know, what if um, every time, you know, I take a step forward, you know, that's energy, that's connection, that every little thing matters. And I felt a, a burden, but I also felt that, um, I felt that purpose. I felt that purpose. And so I... The lesson for me from all that was was that yes, I can be free. I can, you know, we in this country we have, yes, we're free. We can do whatever we want. You know, life, liberty, and so you know we got people just going crazy out there. But you know, I want to say is, what if your life really has a purpose? What if my life really has a purpose? That everything I do, um, you know, has meaning, adds energy you know, creates a better world, you know, creates clarity for other people. And, uh, you know, that it wouldn't really take that much to turn things around. And so I know in reality, I probably live between the two of those things, you know, some, a lot of times I'm just running around like, like a crazy chicken. And then other times I'm really acting, especially in ceremony, you know, that that brings out that purpose. And um, yeah. <clears throat> I thought, you know, that was, it was such, such a good lesson for me.
And, you know, really the, the, the other story I wanted to share, I, I basically already did share it. And that's just a, sto it's a story that spirit is always there. You know, it's not, it's not out here. It's not really that we even have to look to it, look for it. You just have to open up and ask, and then you're going to see what happens. Because the spirit, spirit will guide you. Spirit will show you. And that's been my experience. Yeah. Spirit will show you. It sounds like that um, story about the Sundance is also an illustration of spirit guiding you whether it was a realization that you had in your thoughts or maybe it was a message from spirit telling you actually no your life does matter and everything you do does matter yeah. i guess you'll never know but or will never know but um well, in, in the big picture, I mean, even our mistakes are lessons. Mm -hmm. so, and that's where my biggest learning points have been, usually when I've screwed up stuff. And I don't really want to own that, but it's the truth. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, usually when we're going through um, our stuff, you know, we're, we're feeling depressed, we're feeling left out or but those are usually the, the biggest learning points the the thing is is you know that when we are going through um our trials it's just not to close off you know is to remain open and you know to keep that connection you know with the heart with the earth uh, with ourselves and with the people that really that we care for in our lives um, you know, it's so easy to try to blame and shame each other. And, um, you know, it's been the mode of operation for you know, whenever I've worked for companies or whatever, it's always been the mode is, you know, who, who's, who's responsible for this? Who can we blame, <laughs> you know, to mm -hmm. fire them or whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is, really to get to that point of the heart and, you know, to be working with all of our energy together and then the energies of all the people. Yeah. Tapped in is the phrase that's coming up for me yeah. as you're talking about this, just tapped into what's happening within us, what's happening kind of in the field of other people and with the divine. Yeah. And, you know, we also need help. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, be, I remember, you know, hearing stories of the, um, the I don't know what you call them, the holy men going into the caves in the Himalayas and, you know, think about that. Oh, yeah, that would be so awesome. Or the Buddha sitting underneath the, the tree there, you know, and having the realization or, or Christ going out into the desert for, you know, however long he had to go, 40 days. That would be a long complete. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just that, you know, we, we do have trials. We do have, um, but 
it's right here and we have each other too to help. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really feel blessed that, you know, when I like I shared the story of Larry Redleaf and um that <laughs> we would camp next to each other so many years and hardly talk. You know, we'd say hi a little bit, maybe have some coffee or whatever. And uh <clears throat> but then when it came down to the end, it was, he, you know, he was such a, a beautiful man to be around. And, uh, my teachers before, too, I le learned so much from them. And some of them, you know, I didn't, their lives were a mess. Um, but they were, they, they had that ability to come from that place of spirit. You know, and just, you know, to help me focus and to help the people around focus. Yeah, we, we do need each other. Um, I know here in, in Oregon, you know, we have our little community, Four Winds uh, Foundation, Four Winds Community. And, you know, boy, when we get together, I'm just like, God, where you guys been? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially now with, so many of us have been in our houses for three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I enjoy the quiet time, and as as we talked briefly about, I am mean, an artist, and so I love to just have that quiet time and to paint and come up with ideas. So it's been a really productive time for me. Oh, good. Um, and then. Um, so that that's been really good, but then it's kind of like, well, God, where's where's Peta? Where's you know Clancy? Where are where 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 are the where are the bots at? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to briefly hear a little bit about your art. Um, I don't know where our time's almost up, but I feel like that is such a big part of you and your life and the ways that you spend your time. And I've seen those amazing. There's one behind you right now and yeah. just all over your house. Um, and they, they just capture so much emotion. And so I, I would just love to hear kind of about the body of work that you are working on and how you get inspired and well, what about that. Most of my work now are, are the inspirations that I get. Um, <laughs> like this, the one that you see behind me there a little bit. Uh, you can't see it too well, but um, it was from a dream that I had. And the dream, in the dream, was this, this old Indian man, and he drew in the sand the, the, um, these symbols. And it was the symbols of the four stars, the illuminating light and the wave that goes across. And um, so that actually behind me is, is my altar there. And it has the buffalo skull down there. And then I, I did that painting. Um, you know, it's not exactly what it was in the dream, but it's kind of how I could represent that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my paintings are that way. 
some of them are just um, like legends. Like I did some on white buffalo calf woman, um, depicting that story that is, to me it symbolizes kind of the, the teachings of the Red Road. And, uh, and some of them are just, I, I hear things and, um, from people like, Someone mentioned that as you handle stones in the lodge, because you, you're using the deer antlers, you, you become that deer. And so I took it up the next notch and, and put a man handling stones in the lodge with an elk behind him, you know, and I call it becomes the elk. Mm. That elk is really that strength. And um, you could use elk horns too. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little big yeah that would like take up the whole place of one person <laughs> yeah, <or> the whole <laughs> lodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where a lot of my stories come from and but you know i try to most of my work is figurative so presenting um you know the human the man or the woman and all sorts of different you know ways that in ceremony is what I would really like to just keep painting. Mm. Um, where can, don't you have a website that you can share and can people kind of browse around your artwork? I do have a website. Um, it's <clears throat> Tom Mann. Well, let's see. Yeah, Tom Mann at Faso.com. Is. So yeah, it's T O M M A N N at Faso, F A S O dot com. And, um, but I mean, the other thing is just call. <laughs> just call you, yeah. Like, you'll, you'll see, I think I have a dozen um, paintings up on that, that site. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This has been so nourishing for me, and I hope others find it nourishing or have whatever experience of it they have, but it's been really nice to reconnect with you and see your face and hear your stories, so thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you bet. It's so good to see you, and, you know, it seems like you're just on... Um, you know, you're just in this little box here in front of me, so you're not very far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and then hopefully we'll, we'll get to see each other again here soon and, and, um, and reconnect. Be awesome. See your little baby, too. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to bring her, bring her up there to meet all her elders. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yellow Robe. This has been really fun. And yeah. I think we, we covered so much stuff. So I'm really feeling good about this. Yeah, well, yeah, there's, and, you know, for people joining in, you know, listen to that heart and let spirit guide you in your life. But it won't be wrong. It'll be really good. It's a good walk. It's a good life. Remember that. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Rise Collective podcast. If you got value out of this, I love it when people take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Just make sure to tag me, Carrie Jordan. I hope that this podcast and this interview inspires you. That's the whole point. I'm going to put any relevant links in the show notes on the risecollective.org. That's where you can also find past episodes, my blog, products for sale, including the life design planning and different offerings. Um, while you're there, you can also download the free guide to feminine folk magic and the rhythms of the earth. This is my absolute favorite thing to teach about and to talk about. <laughs> Hundreds of women have used this method, the rise effect, to weave magic into their lives. It's a simple guide and it's going to help you move forward towards your soul purpose. I often do Patreon bonuses for the episodes. So if you heard that there's a bonus in this episode, go to patreon.com and become a patron. It's You can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And that's where I provide codes and giveaways and all kinds of bonus materials. If you love the show, please consider supporting its production at patreon.com slash rise collective. I offer lots of exclusive content and it will help me um, create this body of work. There are costs associated with this project. And if you believe that the voices of our elders need a platform to reach more people, please become a patron. It's really worth your while. Thank you, and please subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts. I so appreciate you leaving a review so that the show can reach more people. Thank you for listening, and I look forward 